Hello, and welcome to Be Intentional, the podcast that talks about marketing, mindset, and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur. Everyone loves an underdog story, right? The Rocky Balboa, the rags to riches. If you know my story at all, homeless teen to thriving entrepreneur. And I say thriving because I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I am so happy with where I actually am. And it's a blessing to be able to do what I do for a living and be able to have the life that I have. Now, our guest today, and I say our guest because as you guys know, you guys, you are just as much a part of this as I am. Because if it wasn't for you, there is no reason for me to be doing this, right? So our guest today has an amazing, amazing underdog story. And I say underdog story, you're going to see that there's a little bit of a twist to it here when he comes on right now, because he had everything. He had everything you could imagine outwardly, but internally he wasn't where he wanted to be. And so he is a living proof example of being intentional about the life that you want to have. So I'm super excited for our guest today, Kevin Palmieri. It's great to have you here today. Josh, thank you so very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, I am Kevin Palmieri. Uh, I am the host and the creator of Next Level University, and we produce seven episodes a week, 800 episodes. It's a wild, wild journey we have been on. I'm super excited to join you today, my friend. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you. Likewise. And you have such an amazing, amazing story. So I would like to start off with that. And if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and how you got to this amazing lifestyle that you have right now. Yes. So as I mentioned to you in our little preamble, this personal development, self-improvement journey for me is is not the norm. Uh, all this really started for me when I was 26. So when I was 25 years old, by all outside standards, I had what any young man could want for his life. I had a high paying job. I had a sports car. I had a brand new place to live. I had the body of my dreams because I had just competed and won in a bodybuilding show. And my girlfriend was beautiful. She was awesome. She was a model. You know, by all outside standards, I had what anybody could ever want. But truthfully, I was super insecure. I was super scarce. I was depressed. I was anxious. And my girlfriend uh, came to me one day and said, hey, Kev, you're not, you, you haven't been the man to me that you were in the beginning. I feel like we need to fix some things or I'm going to have to go my, my own way. And I tried to fix things, but she ended up leaving me a few months later. And when she left me, that was the first time in my life where I really had to look in the mirror. And I realized I'm super insecure. I put so much emphasis and value on external things like my car and my muscles and my tattoos. I really need to get right with myself if I want to be happy, if I want to be successful. And that was my kind of wake up moment to get into self-improvement. And I started listening to positive affirmations. I remember listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as, as many people do in the beginning, uh, Tony Robbins. And I remember before bed, um, and, and mind you, when my girlfriend left, she took half of everything because she had a bunch of stuff. Um, I literally had like, my, my bed was just on the floor. I didn't have like a box spring. I don't think I had a frame. Like I was just sleeping on the floor basically. And going to bed, I would say, I am handsome. I am talented. I am worthy. I am smart. And this year I'm going to make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. Unfortunately, Josh, I really tended to lean on that second one. So my girlfriend left me at the end of the year, the beginning of that next year, uh, I got promoted to the foreman of the construction company I was working for. And we were just traveling and I was making a bunch of money and I was just on the road every single week. So I lived in Massachusetts at that time. And 
I traveled to New York. I traveled to Delaware. I traveled to Connecticut. I traveled to New Jersey. I traveled to Virginia, Pennsylvania. So we get to the end of that year and I had been on the road for 10 months. So out of the 12 months, I was literally on the road in sketchy hotels for 10 months out of the year. And I remember standing at my kitchen table at the end of the year when I got my final pay stub and I still didn't have kitchen chairs because I was never home. So it didn't matter. And I opened my pay stub and I was like, my goal is to make six figures. Did I do that? And I did, but nothing changed. I remember thinking like, I'm still insecure. I'm still, I'm still shy. I'm still afraid. I'm still scarce. I'm still anxious. Like nothing changed. And in that moment, I realized that for most of my life, I have been living unconsciously. And I said, what is the opposite of unconscious? It was hyperconscious. And I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast a few months later. And that was really where this all started for me. But my job kept taking me further and further away from home. And now that I had this podcast that I felt like this is an awesome thing, I get to talk to people about their lives and we're talking about depression and we're talking about dreams and relationships. Like I want to do this full time. And my job just, it kept getting harder and harder for me to show up. So I was calling out of work. I was showing up late. I was leaving early. It got to the point where I'd have to be at work in New Jersey at 7 a.m. And I would literally sleep in my bed until one in the morning. I'd get up and drive five hours or five and a half hours straight to the job site. And then I'd go to work for eight hours and then I'd go to the gym after. And Friday was the opposite. I got up early. I went to the gym. I drove six hours home, seven hours, eight hours, depending on traffic. And then I stayed up with my friends because I missed my, my real life so much. And it got to the point where I knew something had to shift if I wanted to do the podcast full time. And I was sitting on the edge of a, a hotel bed in New Jersey, getting ready for work. I was lacing up my work boots. It was early. It was cold. It was one of those days of like, I just cannot do this today. I know I cannot do this. And the best way to explain it, Josh, is there's 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And all of them are on different channels. And one of them I can hear and I can make it out. You can't leave this job. You'll never find a job to pay you $100 an hour again. What will your friends think? What will your family think? And the loudest one for me was, do you really think you could be a successful podcaster? And Josh, in that moment, I felt like the best thing for me to do would be to end my life because if I ended my life, I ended my problems too. Luckily, I have a super supportive friend and business partner who I texted. I told him about how I was feeling and he said, Kev, so much has changed over the last you know, year for you, um, but your environment hasn't changed a lot. I think it's time to to make a change. And I left my job three or four months later and went full-time into podcasting, speaking and coaching. And here we are 800 episodes down the road and everything seems awesome. There's been so many speed bumps and roadblocks and dead ends along the way. So I don't want to make it seem like I just showed up here, but uh, I am very, very grateful for everything I have and everything I'm working for. And um, my goal is always to tell people, look, the person you see today is a different person than I was last month than I was last year than I was five years ago. And you can be a different person, a different version of you as well. Right. No, I completely agree. So one of the things that stood out to me the most when you're telling your story is just your work ethic. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the commitment to work that much mm. for that long, uh, a bodybuilder before that, you know, working and, and making decent money and then adding on to it. Of course, I, I could tell that there's probably a lot of pressure uh, when you start adding things on to already a hectic work schedule like that and something that's a very 
demanding for you. Mm. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about the work ethic and then the mindset? Because it seems like most people do it in re reverse, right? They have the affirmations and they talk, they have to talk themselves out to up to be able to have that type of work ethic that you already had. Mm. So yeah, it's, I have, um, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. I have never quit tattooed on my arm. Like that's kind of my motto. I'm the never quit kid on Instagram. I was never the biggest. I was never the smartest. I was, I was pretty good at baseball. I was fast and I, I had power and I could hit and I was really good in the field, but like what I lacked in talent, I always made up for in pure resilience. And that's always kind of been my identity of I'll just, I'll just endure more pain than other people. I'm just willing to to suffer for longer than other people. Um, you know, I used to do martial arts and I would not tap out until I was on the verge of passing out. Like I had to be very close to passing out for me to want to tap out. Like that's just the way I, the way I am now I got tapped out a lot, but I, <laughs> I think that for me, that's the one thing I could control. I can't control, or I couldn't at the time control my height. I couldn't control the fact that I'm blind in one eye, but what I could control is the fact that if I keep showing up, something good will happen. And honestly, I'm terrified of speaking, but I just show up and step on stage and do my best. I was terrified of podcasting and, and interviewing awesome people. I just kept showing up. So the mindset for me is, look, you're going to learn something if you go out here. Even if you get embarrassed, you're going to learn about what not to do. And I believe that if you can consistently show up and just improve a little bit along the way, after a while, you're living a completely different life. I think so many people are afraid to, to show up because they don't know what's going to happen. If you can just put a little bit of belief into that, like... What's the, I like this. I think this is Tim Ferriss. Best case, worst case, most likely scenario. The best case is this interview goes amazing. It goes viral. You and I are famous and everything changes, right? That's the best case. The worst case is both of our houses get hit by an asteroid at the same time and we both perish. The most likely scenario is this goes off pretty well. You and I hit it off. We have a good time. And then we stay in contact after. And that just helps me show up with the understanding that usually the worst case doesn't happen. And if the best case does, it's a, it's an awesome surprise, but you're safer than you think you are more often than not. That's an amazing, an amazing way to think about it. And I, and I bet a way not many people see things. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that I've been asked a lot, and so I'd love to get your take on it is many people see the after, right? They see how successful you are they see the different businesses and the different ministries and the stuff that we've been able to i've been able to develop and you and your business partner and all this amazing notoriety and all the things that happen and they think that it takes something special something that most people don't have and one of the things that i'm hearing is your commitment the way you think getting onto that journey, being able to learn certain things, unlearn other things. It seems like it's something that a lot of people talk about, but don't actually do. And I love to get your take on this, on whether you believe it's something that only certain people do it because it takes a special kind of person, which I'm going to be straight up. I don't believe that. I believe anyone can do it. A lot of times I just believe they're not exposed to it. Now for you, do you believe that it's something that people have or something people don't have? Or do you believe it's a skill or an ability that people can acquire? I think it's a skill and an ability that people can acquire. I think that for most people and what I've seen is your desire to go all the way to hell. Yes. Depends on your level that you've been to hell. No. When mm. you're sitting on the edge of a wow. hotel bed, trying like debating, taking your own life. Like there's really no, 
there's no more to go down there. So I think that's what it is. I mean, from interviewing a bunch of people, and I'm sure you probably get the same thing. The people who are the most successful are the ones who really had to to overcome the most adversity. Yeah. And I think you have to decide that your adversity is going to be your advantage and your story is going to be an empowering one. So like you said, I think it's about learning the stuff that you need to fill in the gaps and unlearning the stuff that is holding you back. I think anybody can do it. I just find that with a lot of people, they don't necessarily have the necessity because mm. it's it can be painful. It's painful to realize a lot of the things. It's painful to realize like my dad left when I was young and it's it's painful to realize like, okay, did that make me this certain way? Okay, what do I have to do? I have to face that fear. So I believe that you have to find the why power to have the courage to actually do it. I think we're all capable mm-hmm. of. Now, if we're talking particularly about entrepreneurship, I think some people, people who are very certainty driven, have a way harder go in the entrepreneur game because it's right. very little certainty. <laughs> so risky. It's very little certainty, right. but you can still succeed if you're willing to, to, to go through it, really. Right. Now, that, that necessity that you're talking about, from your story, it seems like you were someone who had everything and didn't have a necessity. You had the perfect life. What what so many people look on Instagram and are like, that's the life that I want. That's the type of lifestyle I want. So what was that necessity for you that, that made that switch? So what people, and this is great, great question. What people don't see is before I had that job, I worked at a gas station. I was a gas station attendant. I was a truck driver. I was a forklift operator. I cleaned toilets and made beds in a hospital. I was a personal trainer. And then I was an on-call firefighter. What people don't see is that job was like my safe haven. That was like the thing where I was like, if I get this, everything is going to be fine. So the reason it's almost like this, Josh, I didn't have any necessity at the very beginning because I loved my job and I was making a ton of money. The necessity happened when I found another opportunity that I felt was more aligned. When I started podcasting, the first time I ever really thought about it, I was on a podcast, my co-host. I was on his podcast before we were business partners. And after the interview, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. And my buddy, my other buddy who was there said, you can, you know that, right? And that for me was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know you could do that for a living. That created the necessity for me because it bumped me out of alignment. I then believe something was more possible for me. And yeah, it's, and I love the fact that you asked the question because people don't really ask about like, well, why, like you didn't have any necessity. Like it seemed like you had everything you wanted. Everything I wanted from a pre-frame before of not having it. You know, I was making the job before I got that job. I was making $15 an hour Mm, under the table doing um, renovations, home renovations. I went from $15 an hour to getting driven down to Delaware for the first job ever for this construction company I was working for and making $50 an hour. That was the least I ever, like Mm. not the least I ever made there, but pretty much the least I ever made. I was making $115 for some jobs an hour. And it's like, when you get that, you feel like you're successful, but that gets old. That gets old. So when that got old and paired with the fact that I believed I could actually do podcasting, that's when the necessity was really there. Wow. So that internal disconnect of going, yeah, this is great, but because it wasn't something you felt like you, whether you want to call it calling or necessity Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to put that, that name to it, when you found the thing you actually wanted to do, that 
that gap between those two are really what what drove it, yeah. correct? Yeah. I yeah. the the example I use is it's almost like I woke up one day and I stopped caring about the money. That was that was it. It was like I don't care about this anymore. You know, I'm leaving the job 4 hours early. I'm leaving $400 on the table every time I do that. Yeah. Didn't even think about it. Now, wow. At the beginning, I was that's the only thing I was thinking about. Yeah. So, things can happen when you start to I think what I did was I unlearned that you have to do this job because it pays you well, even though you're miserable. I think when I unlearned oh, I that. that, then I went and was broke for three years while building the business. Full disclosure, mm -hmm. did not make a lot of money, but I was more fulfilled. I was more fulfilled than, than I was at the other job. And I think fulfillment is a, is a great indicator of where you are in life. Definitely. So do you have... I mean, someone who's who's living proof of making that jump and being and showing that it can be done. Any tips for people who are just starting out and feel that disconnect? Maybe they're somewhere and it it seems like they're doing well. It seems like they have it all together, but inside they're just struggling and feeling like, no, this isn't it. Mm. If you're planning on making any sort of transition, save money and squirrel money away for as long as humanly possible. I wish I did more of that. I would say this. In a dream world, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And we set goals in two ways. And I've set goals in both of these ways. First way, we set goals based on what we think we can get. Second way, we set goals based on what we actually want. When I started setting goals on what I actually wanted, that's when things started to change. So I would say if you're in a spot where you're doing something and it seems okay, but you have a calling and you're like, I really feel like I should be doing this. Ask yourself, is that what you want to do? Is that what you want? And then you just got to ask yourself this. Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing mm. to pay the price for admission into this game? And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, I could say it was easy and I could say it happened overnight, but it, it, I didn't make any money from the podcast for three years. Wow. I didn't make any, well, two and a half years. I didn't make any money. But even when I did start making money, I was making $50 an hour for coaching calls. It wasn't like I was raking it in. So <laughs> do you love what you're transitioning into enough to do it long enough to be successful? That is the question I would ask. So there's something that we talk about here that is uh, kind of something that I, I say over and over again, that is action breeds clarity. Mm. So because of that, would you advise someone where if they don't know what it is to test different things out? Yes, for sure. For sure. Because it's easy. You can't really connect the dots until you look back. So when I look back, I used to listen to the radio when I was a truck driver. And I would think to myself, imagine if you could just sit in front of a microphone for four hours a day and that was your job. Like, that'd be awesome. And But then I forgot about that. Now, the fact that I do that allows me to look back. And if I never tried going on somebody else's podcast, I would not be a podcaster. I know for certain. I know for certain. And if I didn't, if I didn't start podcasting and start talking to podcasters, I never would have built next level podcast solutions for podcast. I never would have built that. So yes, I think that when you take action, you get information. And when you get information, you can make a more measured decision because you have more clarity. You know what you like, you know what you don't like, you know what you want more of, you know what you want less of. I think it's very important to take action, even if it's messy. 
particularly if it's messy. Awesome. Now I'm like, now I'm going to, I'm going to ask a selfish question, but one that I believe that will benefit all the listeners. Please. Um, obviously if you're listening to this, you love podcasts and, and I know a few of you actually have a podcast. So someone who has been doing this for so long, someone who does this for a living, someone who really, really knows the industry, what tips would you have for people who have been, you know, doing a podcast for a little bit, um, don't feel like they're getting traction. I know in the beginning, especially even for us, we, we you know, it felt like we were talking to nobody mm -hmm. to the air for a little bit. Um, so any tips, any advice? Yeah. The, the biggest thing I think that helped us is early on, if you shared, say somebody shared on Instagram, Hey, I love this podcast. I would reach out to them and say, Hey, I want to hop on the phone with you. And I would literally mm -hmm. do calls I have a, a list of a hundred and some odd calls I've done with listeners. No, I'm not trying to sell anything. I don't even bring up coaching. I don't even do that coaching anymore. So get to know your listeners at a deep, 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 deep level. That's, that is number one. Number two, and this one's a little harsh, but I think it has to be said. You got to figure out if you suck or not. Because yeah. in the very beginning, I was terrible. I wasn't, I wasn't that good. And when I look back, I could tell I had a ton of ego and I thought I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't really. So that's definitely a question. Like be very, very self-aware about the fact of how, how high are your skills in comparison to what you're expecting. What I see a lot of podcasters do is they take their podcast content and they put it on their social media and they expect their social media to grow and they expect their podcast to grow. I think you should show your real life on social media and just have your podcast be a part of that. Because when I show a picture of my cat, anybody who likes cats might follow me. And if they follow me, they might say, oh, he's got a podcast too. I didn't realize that. They might listen to the show. I think that you have to think more about value than anything else. And I think particularly, I see that a lot of the time with podcasters. They're like, new episode dropping Wednesday. Where's the value? Like show me right. the value there. So I say this, where is the value versus where is the reminder? I don't care about reminding unless there's value. If there's no value, it's not a reminder. It's an annoyance. Honestly, it's an annoyance. So those are a couple of things. Uh, make sure your audio quality is great. If your audio quality is not good, people won't, won't tune in for very long. It's just, it's the way it is. There's, there's so many shows out there now. And... Right. Treat your podcast like a business. That's why I, I see so many people not successful. They're like, well, I don't want a new microphone. It's, it's 80 bucks. If that $80 gets you new listeners that you can monetize down the road, that's super, like, that's super important. And last but not least, Josh, monetize your podcast so you can reinvest the money into your podcast to grow just like any other business. Awesome. Now, question on that because I, I can already tell... <laughs> some of the questions that I'm going to be getting on this. Um, when you talk about monetizing your podcast with all the different ads, with all the different stuff, are you talking monetize in the sense of sponsorship? Are you talking about, you know, uh, I know a couple of the platforms that some people had asked me about, like anchor and Podbeam and different things. They, they have something where they can just like click a button and monetize. Mm -hmm. So can you be a little bit more specific on the monetize your podcast? Yes. I think it depends on the person and it depends on the audience size. I just launched, launched a show with somebody who she's got 150,000 followers on Instagram, very, very engaged audience. And she's on the top of the charts in like 20 countries right now. Awesome. Completely different for her. I told her the other day, yes, running ads is a great play. I think for her doing like a online training courses is, is more valuable. But if you have a small following, 
I say do one-on-one coaching. And here's why. If you want to monetize through ads, you're only going to get X amount of dollars per listen. And if you only have 100 listens per episode, you're not going to make a lot of money. But if you can get one client who pays you $50 an hour, you're getting $200 a month if you do weekly coaching. If you 10X that, you're doing $2,000 a month. I think, I think that's the best way to do it. Because you're, you're having one, you can have one-on-one conversations with the people and assuming, so if you have a fitness podcast, you're assuming the people listening to your show enjoy fitness and they want to know more about it and potentially that they're not getting the results that they want. If you build a community and start conversations with people and say, hey, what is the biggest struggle you're dealing with right now? And they say, oh, it's losing weight. Okay, what if you and I could jump on the phone every week for an hour and we could talk about your habits and your diet and it's $50 an hour, that's 200 bucks a month. I believe one-on-one coaching is the best way. Now, I also understand that if you're doing a, a podcast about uh, you know Star Trek fan stuff, like the coaching isn't there, then you can do affiliates, then you can do ads. I just haven't seen people be very successful with those because you do need a fair-sized audience for that to land. We've never done ads. We only promote ourselves. Um, so that's, that's kind of my specialty and my expertise, but you can definitely run ads. You can definitely get affiliates. Um, local businesses is a good way to go for sure. But I would say one-on-one coaching, if you have the expertise and it's in your space, I'm telling you, things can get weird when you get enough clients. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Especially, especially since we were talking about a little bit, uh, before this recording, that um, we have that same value base of if we don't believe in it, we can't endorse it. We can't, you know, put it out there. And sometimes with ads, uh, and I know some of the, the listeners here, were, we were talking about that as well, where if you don't have control over that, then you feel like you you can't do that. But this is living proof that you can still monetize and still be morally sound about it. It's not just whatever comes up. There are other ways that you believe in. And especially if you're doing it yourself, and you're doing it for one-on-one coaching, then you know the value that you're giving. And when you really want to help people, that value is there. Yeah. So I love that tip. Thank you so of much. And, and like, like I said, you're you're living proof that that this does work and you can do it with a with a moral conscience. Yeah. If people want to learn more about you, about what you know, you're you said you don't do that coaching anymore, but whatever you're doing now, <laughs> your podcast, where can they find you? How do they get in touch? So our podcast is Next Level University. We are on every uh, podcast platform there is. We're also, all of our episodes are in 4K on YouTube as well. I am Never Quit Kid on Instagram. I respond to every DM. So if you want to get a hold of me, I'm happy to chat with you over there. And then if you go to nextleveluniverse.com, that is our website. That is our hub of everything. The coaching I do now is podcast specific. So I help uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs grow, scale, and monetize their shows. And our service is Next Level Podcast Solutions, where we do all the audio editing, video editing, show notes, posting. We do everything for our clients so they can focus on making money. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. And guys, go check him out because I can vouch that his moral compass is right, that he does want to make an impact more than a sale. And it is more about the connection. And we need those people in our life because the people that you hang out with matters. And I want to mirror that to you, Josh. I appreciate you. I got to meet you behind the scenes and and you're a good human and I I love what you're doing. So make sure if you're listening, you keep listening to Josh. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. 
Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. You can DM me at Josh Olmos SR. That's J-O-S-H-O-L-M-O-S-S-R or LinkedIn, Joshua Olmos or website, josholdmossr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.